With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrow, with my co-host, the one and only Jordan Lopez on today's show. It's great to have you on today, man. Just want to say happy Father Day, Father's Day to you and your family and to all the families out there listening to the show. Um, make sure you guys, you know, spending great time with your fathers, um, you know, showing them how much you appreciate them um, and all that. And with that being said, in today's episode, we are going to be going over all of the Broncos that are potentially in danger of losing their starting jobs in 2023. I won't call it a negative episode, but it's definitely a, like a real, like truthful episode. We're going to be really honest with you guys about who, uh, if they don't perform the expectations this upcoming season as a starter in 2023, uh, they're definitely in danger of losing their job to potentially some younger, uh, even rookies as well. So me and Jordan will come at with you with uh, all of our players that are potentially losing their jobs 2023. But with that being said, Jordan, how are you doing today, man? Doing good, just enjoying this Father's Day uh, weekend. You know, being uh, Cuban, there's a lot of festivities going on in uh, Miami. So, you know, I just got to do all that. But I'm um, happy to be on. And, uh, you know, th- there is some interesting uh, players that uh, can uh, be taken over for their starting spot. Exactly. This is, uh, I think this is definitely will arguably be one of our more interesting episodes of the offseason, in my opinion, just because there's so many players where you feel like they're a lock to be started, but there's definitely other players that could sneak in in that rotation and eventually steal all those uh, presumed starting snaps away from those respective players. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and start off with my first Denver Bronco. I think we can all agree on this one um, is center Lloyd Cushenberry, who we've talked to links about on this podcast about him potentially losing that starting job. It's a rookie seventh round pick, Alex Forsyth, uh, Forsyth um, so or Alex Forsyth. So we don't really know too much. And I've been asked so many, so many times on Instagram about you know Avenue, who who is balling out in uh, in in a uh, mini camp and OTAs, who's the center that's winning the job so far. Right now, it's it's kind of one of those things where obviously we would have to ask around to see how those guys look, but at the same time. 
the the guys don't have pads right now. Uh, they're not doing like the eleven on elevens right now. Um, there no scrimmages. Like we have to wait till training camp until we really can see a separation in that competition because there's not a lot of like physical contact going on. So it's really hard to judge any of the offensive line based on how the competitions and all that are going on. So right now, I don't think we could separate Forsyth from Cushenberry. But this episode is solely for the purpose of predicting who could potentially lose their job in 2023. And Berry, I think he's definitely with the way he's played the last few seasons. Um, I think Sean Payne right now is, he, I think honestly he'll make him the starter, but mostly because he wants to see what he can get out of him. Um, and I think he'll play just, just well enough. And then I think he'll be the starter. And then I think in the season, he's definitely, if he, if he has a few games where he's looking a little rough in pass protection and even run blocking, Sean Payne's not going to hesitate to throw out Kyle Fuller, uh, Alex Forsyth out there. Yeah, so this was also one of mine as well. Um, everyone knows if uh, you guys listen to the previous episodes, I think that Forsyth is going to become a starter. But as of right now, it's Cushenberry. Um, and I think this is probably the easiest one uh, to, pre- to predict. And not just we're going to say that he's for sure going to lose his job. But, I mean, it is one of the position battles that we're mm-hmm. going to be looking forward to. Uh, it's just too many mistakes that he had last year. And having drafted Forsyth with our last pick, some – say that he may be the best center in the draft, which was kind of remarkable how we got him in the seventh round. And uh, yeah, as of right now, he would just be the starting center, just, you know, continue with that continuity on the offensive line. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised. And I'm already projecting that Forsyth would be the starter for that position. Yeah, definitely a, a bold prediction there. We'll see how that position goes. I know all Broncos country wants to see the entire offensive line come together, gel, build a chemistry, just be a, a strong force for Russell Wilson. Um, so, uh, Jordan, who would you have as one of your lead candidates to potentially be in danger of losing the starting starting job in 2023? So let's stay on the offensive line here. And I, I know this might be, you know, a little bit of a bold thing, uh, but it's not more of a skill issue. It's more of, a, you know, coming back from an injury. I'm going to go with Garrett Bowles. Uh, Garrett Bowles, our mm. starting left tackle, uh, maybe get uh, you know replaced by Cam Fleming maybe in the middle of the season. And again, this is not a skill thing with Garrett Bowles. He is coming off a serious injury, and that cannot be understated much. I mean, coming off that leg injury is going to be very, very brutal. And again, not a skill thing. Cam Fleming did perform well last year. He was consistent. With his, with his performances, and I can very much see if Garrett Bowles starts, you know, struggling early on in the season, Cam Fleming is one of those guys that can step in and, and produce on this offensive line. Yeah, and in previous years, Garrett Bowles was looking really, really good. Um, I, I believe he, he made a second team All-Pro, correct? Somewhere around that, I believe you're correct. Yeah, second team All Pro. Um, so he he put together a really good season. I know some people are calling him in the top, you know, listing him in the top five uh, left tackles in the NFL. And then last year we were to, we were definitely I, I I'm not gonna lie, we were seeing a little bit of a dip in his uh, his production. We were seeing him, you know, with penalties going back to those holding penalties. Um, it, it just play was going a little bit downhill, and everybody's kind of throwing around the possibility of him declining as he enters his 30s. So um, we'll see how he looks in 2023. But he I, I would not disagree with you at all they're not gonna they brought back cam Fleming for a reason um they they have other other pieces at tackle that can uh swing there not probably not be as good as uh cam Fleming would be as a replacement but certainly with the injuries in consideration um i definitely think uh garrett bowles i wouldn't have have him as high on my list but i definitely think he's one of those guys you have to watch and he has to play uh probably some of his best football in his career this upcoming season yeah, and, and it's and again, it's not like a skill thing. It's just him coming off that injury, 
And, uh, you know, it's a, the Broncos really do have a luxury at that position in, in, in terms of depth because not many teams have a Cam Fleming as a backup because I cannot understand it enough. Cam Fleming did play really good last year. And to have that as like a solid backup piece is very good for the Broncos. And it adds another uh, layer to our offensive line that, that could be really good. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Um, so my next ever Bronco I got to throw out there is um, the one and only. I hate to do this. Um, spoke Spoken with him before. Really good guy. But we got to throw this one out. I've seen some people discuss this as well as linebacker Josie Jewell with the recent, uh, obviously, rookie third round draft pick Drew Sanders, who a lot of people around the NFL are calling one of the steals of the NFL draft. Um he may get some playing time snatched away from the uh, rookie uh, and Drew Sanders. We'll see how everything looks. We'll see how Vance Joseph kind of inserts Drew Sanders in this defense. I know some people are throwing around the Micah, Parso- Micah Parsons type role uh, and hybrid role for uh, Drew Sanders in year one. I'm really excited to see what G- uh, Drew Sanders can provide in year one. Um, but G- Josie Jewell, I definitely think he's one of those guys where, and um, I, I've seen it plenty of uh, times on Twitter, if he doesn't play like that elite level play we've seen last year in his last year of his contract i think the broncos will be pretty comfortable giving uh drew Sa- or yeah drew sanders some extended playing time and throwing him in that rotation and i definitely definitely think you could see some of that like 50 50 split between those guys and then um alex singleton on that three-year 18 million dollar deal i don't think he's in any kind of danger of losing that to drew sanders i think if any of them it's going to be uh josie jewel just because he's on that final year of his contract and then also like you're mentioning with garrett Bowles, i like you i like that you brought that up it's the injury concerns and we see we've seen that with uh, josie jewel especially last season so um, we need to see him have a fully healthy season and we need to see him be that elite linebacker that we know he can be in order for him to be extended yeah and i'm a big uh, guy on listening to michael lombardi and he he said earlier on his podcast that when your mike linebacker is good your your defense is really good and listen if drew sanders continues to ball out in rookie mini camp mini camp otas and now training camp i mean and, and again it's not a bad thing that if josie jewel loses his his starting position that's not a bad thing at all i mean having someone as young and and that fresh off a year that drew sanders coming in and stepping in would be really good i mean our our linebacker core in general is really good so it's not it wouldn't be a bad thing uh if he loses his job but again if drew sanders does continue to ball out like how he has and how we've heard about this whole time i mean it's it's it can happen it can really happen yeah yeah, we have two linebackers in Jonas Griffith and Drew Sanders that could p- potentially go be two starters on other NFL defenses. Like yes. that's how stacked this linebacker core is. Um, so this isn't certainly a bad thing by any means. And who really knows? Like I, we can go to extents on this, but who really knows if Josie Jewell is going to come back? Um, this up this uh, upcoming off season because. You know, obviously, on that two-year, eleven million dollar deal, he got extended a few years ago. He's really going to have to ball out uh, this this upcoming season for sure. And um, the the draft pick of Drew Sanders definitely makes it a little bit more likely that he ends up walking in free agency. Yeah, and also another thing to note: Sean Payton and you know Josie Jewel is technically not Sean Payton's guy, right? He did draft Drew Sanders. He was a part of you know that's his very first draft class, so he can't go with his guy per se. But again, he'll go with whoever you know is better at the position. But that, I mean, that is something to to remind yourself about. That's not his guy. And uh, if Drew Sanders continues to play well, he can easily take over that that position. Exactly. So another player I have sticking on the defense. I am going to go with Damari Mathis. Right now, he's slotted to be our other corner. And listen, another rookie that could be taking another starting 
position, Riley Moss. I mean, we've already heard the the chatter from him uh, during a uh, mini camp. He's stopping Jerry Judy that one time on one on ones. I mean, the, the the guy is just all over the place, getting praises from everyone. Listen, I I was a big Riley Moss guy going into the draft. I'm happy we selected him. And actually, in one of my pieces at Predominantly Orange, I did project him to be the starter alongside Pastor Tan on the other side mm-hmm. of the ball on the other side of the field. So I would not be surprised. And I think fans need to take note of this battle. And I think it is a battle, if we're being honest, because Riley Moss is that good. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Damari Mathis guy. I really think he, he will be that solidified cornerback too. Um, and he's definitely one of those guys, if you know Riley Moss balls out. I think Riley Moss, honestly, if I'm being honest, I think he's one of those guys that's more likely to insert at slot if he is going to get some playing time. I, I do think he will rotate at outside. Don't get me wrong. I think he's just one of those very versatile, athletic, dynamic corners where you can really throw him anywhere. Um, he, we even uh, He can even play a safety if the Broncos need him to. Obviously, they're very low to that position, but you just the versatility and athleticism that he brings to the secondary will be very valuable. And if something does happen to Damari Mathis and he has a bad game or two, I don't think the Broncos uh, and Vance Joseph will hesitate at all um, to throw Riley Moss in there. I just feel like Christian Parker and De- uh, Damari Mathis are only going to build off of what they had last year. And I think Damari Mathis is definitely going to have a huge season. But in the purpose of this episode, players that are in danger of losing their jobs, I, de- I definitely think Damari Mathis is one of those guys that you could potentially throw out there. I just I would have him a lot lower on my list. Yeah, and I, I'm a big DeMar Mathis guy, too. I, I, I liked how he played last year, even though he had those questionable pass interference calls I had, I think, against yeah. the Chargers. Yeah. Um, I thought he still played very well. And listen, I hope he continues to have a, a really good training camp uh, as training camp comes upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think Riley Moss is that good, and that's a good thing to have in that cornerback room. Exactly. Um, so uh, my next player I want to go with uh, staying in the secondary is safety Kareem Jackson, who the Broncos just extended to that one year, $2 million deal. Um, this is uh, definitely a possibility of him losing uh, playing time to third year safety Caden Stearns, who is looking to break out in uh, his third year in the NFL. Uh, I'm just I'm. Caden Stearns to the moon. I will I will constantly say it on this podcast. I truly believe that Caden Stearns can develop into a top five safety along with Justin Simmons. That is a huge thing to say, a huge prediction hot take, but I, you know, I've said it multiple times and I will stick with that. If Caden Stearns gets the playing time he deserves, he will absolutely ball out, break out. Um, so uh, definitely, I, I believe Caden Stern, or excuse me, Kareem Jackson, being this old and taking the the very cheap deal that he took, I think the Broncos staff is already kind of preparing for Caden Stern to take a much larger role in 2023. Yeah, we talked about it. We gotta let the young dogs play, you know. And uh, listen, I think Caden Stern is that good. I think he should be the starter going into the season. Uh, you know, Kareem Jackson, you know, obviously gonna help him out with some stuff. You know, a true mm-hmm. veteran. Uh, but with the limited playing time that Caden Stern had, had last year. I mean, I think he was very, very good, you know, having those two interceptions, uh, a couple of good solo tackles, and uh, mm-hmm. his passer rating allowed was 15.2. I mean, that – I mean, it's it, it's absurd. It's absurd. So that is one of the, the, the positions we should look for. And, again, I think Caden Stearns should be alongside Justin Simmons uh, starting for that spot. 
Yeah, me and J-Mac had our episode going over uh, four Denver Broncos that are primed to break out in 2023, and he was absolutely one of the first that we mentioned. He is just right there with Jared Judy. I think him and, yeah, him, Caden Stearns, Jared Judy, easily the two top breakouts on offense and defense uh, for this upcoming year. And I think Kareem Jackson, you know, coming back, I feel like he kind of understands that. He knows that Caden Stearns is waiting in the shadows to have an incredible season, and he's going to be here to help out with that. And another thing with the secondary is, like, we, I know this this purpose of this episode is going over starters who are in danger of losing their job, but the secondary can really, if Vance Joseph really goes off of what Christian Parker and Evero were doing last year, I really feel like you can see all three of those safeties on the field at the same time. It's not going to just be, oh, Kate, uh, Kareem Jackson goes to the bench and Caden Stearns is going to be the full-time starter. I feel like you're going to see a, a rotation and not only a rotation, all three of Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns, and Kareem Jackson on the field. I saw that a lot on film last season. So um, when they, when you know Caden Stearns was healthy so um i really feel like a a, a product of cream jackson not playing as well towards the end of the season would be was because caden stearns is actually uh hurt so that's that's kind of my stance on things and i feel like uh caden stearns with more playing time like you mentioned he's only it's all he's only going to get better because we're seeing it in his production from year to year i would even add jl skinner to that to that mix i mean i, I know we it. haven't heard I, I know we haven't heard that much about him but i think as the you know off season progresses i think he's going to insert his name into that group. And man, this is another position at the safety at the safety position that I feel comfortable with, right? We have guys that can ball out, that can come in whenever they want and just come in and produce. And, uh, you know, I think uh, as safeties, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns, you know, all those guys, PJ Locke, JL Skinner, I think we're, we're, we're looking good there. Yeah, I was going to say, we still got P.J. Locke over there, Mr. Lockdown. Um, yeah. Man, we got so many safeties who a lot of teams would like to have as either their backups or uh, starting safeties, let alone. So, um, Jordan, who would you have as your next player to uh, potentially be taking another or losing their job in 2023? All right, another controversial one that uh, probably going to get a uh, fame for in the comments. Uh, so, Amir, I'm going to need your help on this. Russell Wilson. Listen, this is not a... He's not going to start all that. It's simply if he is going to have a bad year again, I don't think Sean Payton is going to be afraid to pull the plug and put in Jarrett Stidham there. Listen, we signed Jarrett Stidham for a reason, and that's more so for uh, if a Russ gets injured, we have a more of a we have a better backup than previous years, which would be Jarrett Stidham. But hey, if Russ is not performing up to standards, which I'm not saying, if you guys listen to my season uh, predictions, I have him actually doing really well. Yeah. Uh, but again, if he's not performing up to standards, Sean Payton, I believe, will pull the plug at one point, put Jared Stidham in there. He's a, a steady quarterback who could produce really well. He wouldn't, you know, do over over the top things. He'll just do what he's told to do, which is sometimes what you need in an offense. And I think this can be a potential little. Not, I don't want to say battle because it's not a battle, but a potential thing we can look out for during the season. Yeah, we're seeing multiple uh, reports this year, this offseason, that the Broncos not only brought Jarrett Stidham to elevate their their backup uh, room for in the, for the quarterbacks, but to also push Russ at the same time. And they're not just pushing Russ for a reason or for no reason. They're, they're obviously doing it to make Russ better. Obviously, the competition will only you know brew success. And um, I feel like this season, I couldn't agree more with you. We were talking about this before the show. 
Russell Wilson is one of those guys where you guys are going to be mad for us putting him on this this uh, this list here. But it's just straight up being honest. I, I, I'm right there with you. I had Russ going 26 touchdowns, 3,900 yards passing. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really good year for him, actually. I really feel like Russell Wilson is going to ball out this upcoming season, but solely for the purpose of players that are potentially in danger of losing their job. If Russell Wilson is uh, does not play well uh, this year and just – completely uh shows a uh you know a mimic of what he put on the field last year then um we're definitely going to see the uh, sean payton being as you know as assertive as he is as um you know the authority authoritative figure in this uh this this franchise that he's taken over to be i think he's definitely not going to hesitate at all and put his uh two-year 10 million dollar contract quarterback out there as a starter on the field um and i don't think that rules out russell wilson coming back later in the season necessarily um but i do i do feel like he's going to be very um very very strict with the play at, at the quarterback position this upcoming season reasonably so Again, and this is not a position battle. This is just strictly if he is not performing, I don't think Champagne is going to be afraid to pull the plug and put in Jarrett Stidham. Again, and we can actually make the argument, if Russ does not perform all year up to standards, this may potentially be his last year because there is a path to get him out of Denver with contractual stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. So not even just position-wise, but team-wise. There is a very good chance if Russ, who I think is going to play very well, but if he does not, he may not be a Denver Bronco next year. So yeah, Mike Cliss already alluded to this. And Mike Cliss is I we had him on the show. I already told him straight up he's like the Adam Schefter of Broncos news. So you can trust what he says. He's nearly like ninety nine percent of the time he's right. But he said if the Broncos uh, and Russell Wilson do not find offensive success this upcoming season, that they will not hesitate to look to the twenty twenty four draft and any other uh, trade options that present themselves this uh, next off season. So he he already said it. I posted that on my Instagram a few months ago. So. Uh, that, that you know everything it's pretty obvious at this point the reports are showing that Russell Wilson is in fact in danger of losing his starting job and they show that by bringing in uh dedicating 10 point or 10 million dollars uh to Jarrett Stidham who isn't really even that you know um proven in the NFL so um they're they're already bringing in guys to push Russell Wilson um they brought in Davis Webb you know the quarterback coach young quarterback coach to kind of find someone that is more relative to the game the modern game and how they can uh you know um you know transition russ and make him the guy that what you know potentially be successful for sean payton i just like the 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 different guys that they brought in for uh sean Payton in sean payton staff all the guys that you bring in that are you know potentially older and you know are more relative to what was ran years ago and then ran the in previous years i just feel like everything is more modernized and balanced in this offensive staff and it, it'll ultimately success uh set up russell wilson for success and again, this is only if he plays bad, which is, we're not even predicting. This is only if he plays bad. And listen, it, it, let's just say worst comes to worst. He does not perform. He's out by the end of this year. This gives Sean Payne his chance to draft his quarterback, right? I mentioned this with Drew Sanders earlier. You know, he drafted his linebacker, per se, for the defense. This would give him the opportunity to draft his quarterback for the future for this organization. And again, that's only if he plays bad. Me and Amir are not predicting that. It's just something you should take note of, you know, going into the season. 
Uh, another play I want to go over is sw- uh, switching to the defensive side of the ball is uh, outside linebacker Baron Browning. And I, I know he's not going to be the starter week one due to his injury. We're already seeing that he's going to start the list on, or start the season on the POP list. Um, so Frank Clark being that starter alongside Randy Gregory, if he balls out and Brown, you know, Browning takes a little bit longer to recover from his injury. Uh, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think the staff would just kind of move forward and not try to, you know, fix what isn't broken and just kind of move forward with Frank Clark? Clark and Randy Gregory. I mean, I think that's why you sign a player like Frank Clark, right? You, mm-hmm. He brings that experience with him, that that winning, that winningness with him. Um, and you know, he's he, not only does he bring all that, he's also a very good player. So, and I, I don't think it would be a bad thing for Baron Browning. He can learn from someone like that, right? Uh, as he recovers from his injury. But yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised if Frank Clark just you know stays with that role, and uh, you know, Baron Browning takes a little bit of a backseat, but. Listen, I'm a big Baron Browning fan. Mm-hmm. I think he has. I think he's very good. He just needs to, you know, the best ability is availability, and uh, we, we need him more healthy. So, yeah, he's another one of those players um, with Josie Jewell and uh, Garrett Bowles, where it's really just the injuries. There's no questions around his talent. It's it's just the injuries, and um, the, it's definitely one of the situations where you always want to, you know, feed the hot hand essentially. And if Frank Clark is balling out to start the season, I don't think they're gonna, um, you know, take Browning off the bench necessarily. They might sprinkle him sprinkle him in the rotation but i think it'll be one of those uh situations where if frank clark starts to cool down a little bit then they'll give uh baron browning the the reins back essentially so um the next player i want to go over is a uh, defensive end matt henningson who is the current projected starter for a lot of you guys that may not know that um he is a projected starter alongside zach allen despite people uh, projecting that frank clark would be the starting defensive end um then we got that baron browning news um so uh, being the projected starter for Vance Joseph's defense, as the depth chart looks like right now, um, that could change between now and training camp and um, then week one, obviously. But I'm I'm more one of those guys that believes DJ Jones should be the starting defensive end and, and uh, kind of make uh, Yuma uh, Yuma Wazarike and Mike Purcell those uh, starting um, nose tackles in a rotation. But uh, what do you think about Matt Henningsen this upcoming season? He's one of those players where he's going to be a big uh, X factor for the defensive line. Yeah, I'm kind of on the you know the same ropes as you between uh, moving DJ Jones and stuff like that. But Matt Henningsen, I mean, th- this is a, like another player that you can add into that maybe like a breakout type of year, especially if he gets to start because mm-hmm. if he plays very well alongside a defensive line, I mean that changes a lot of things, right? I mean that that's, it's one player that you know we're not expecting big things out of him, but if he does, I mean that's just an, that's an added bonus to our stack defense. So. So, yeah, I mean, I think Matt Henningsen, if he has a great year, like I said, it changes the, the dynamic of our defensive line and stuff. But, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in greens with you. I think there should be a little bit of movement on that defensive line with DJ Jones and then having Mike Purcell and all of them move up. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, curious to see how they move around the pieces there on the defensive line. And Matt Henningsen, I really like the guy. Last year as a sixth-round pick, just completely outproduced our fourth-round pick in Ayuma Wazirike. And Wazirike is one of those guys that needs to step up even more um, than you know Matt Henningsen, you could argue. I mean, he's our, he was our fourth-round pick for a reason. And yeah. he, inserts ba- he inserts better at nose tackle. I've said that before on the show, um, rather than defensive end. And then, obviously, Matt Henningsen inserts better at defensive end than, than nose tackle. So both of those guys at the respective positions um, with more playing time will need to step up in 2023 but Matt Henningsen being the projected starter um, definitely needs to prove uh, to keep that early early in the season Um, but 
at the same time, I do believe with the contract that you gave DJ Jones, I believe he's in the yeah he's in the top five highest paid uh, Broncos this upcoming season. He's making ten million this season, so he's one of those guys that needs to play better than even both of them combined. So. Um, the next Bronco I want to go over um, in the last of the day is uh, kicker Elliot Fry. And this is one of those ones where, it, I mean, it's pretty obvious. We only have one kicker on the roster right now. Randy Bullock did not get signed um, following his tryout at Broncos mandatory minicamp. Um, Elliot Fry, he's going to need to play, have, and, you know, obviously he's a projected starter right now. We don't know if he's going to win the job. The Broncos might pick someone up, like I alluded to in our last episode. Um, Elliot Fry is going gonna, gonna, to need to uh, kick accurately a full season for the Broncos he still hasn't been able to kick a full season for any team in the NFL he just needs the opportunity and it seems like he's going to get that here in 2023 uh, but if he does not do it uh, you know well into the production and standards that we've seen in recent years with Broncos kickers where we've only had seven kickers in the last 52 years um, so uh, the Broncos they will definitely not hesitate to look for any replacements in my opinion yeah, this is something that we're not used to, right? You know, you just had seven kickers in 52 years. Usually that position is already solidified going into training camp. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I mean, I think it's still up in the air. You know, you named, you know, you listed a lot of good reasons. Um, and again, best abilities, availability. And Elliot Fry, I know he hasn't kicked the whole season with uh, his teams and stuff, but mm-hmm. this is something that can change within a week. And again, we really don't know what's going to happen at this position. I'm just hoping we get consistency out of our kickers and not inconsistencies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously kicker is one of our, our big uh, – I think it should be a bigger talking point going into training camp because we really don't know who's going to be our kicker starting week one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still up in the air. So, yeah, there's something to look out for. Yeah, Elliot Fry playing for a handful of teams in the NFL. It looks like he's going to finally get his uh, his first uh, try and first go at it with a, a team, you know, as the starting kicker in week one rather than just being that guy to substitute uh, for injured kickers around the league. So we'll yeah. see how he does this upcoming season. But he's definitely one of those guys that, um, you know, especially the kicker position, if you don't play well in like your first year, teams aren't really going to stick with you. That's just the that's just the unfortunate, um, you know, state of, of the NFL with uh, kickers and punters. So. Um, I believe that wraps up all of our Denver Broncos that are in danger of losing their jobs, uh, starting jobs in 2023. I hope you guys enjoyed all of that. Um, Jordan, I want to ask you real quick. Um, we uh, we got some news, and I wrote an article on this for Predominantly Orange, that Kareem Hunt is a, a potential suitor um, among other teams, among four other teams, actually, um, that are in the running for him in free agency. I know we've touched on this a little bit, and he's been constantly connected to the Broncos like all offseason. He's obviously got the connections to uh, running backs coach Lou Ayeni, who he played for a year in college at Toledo in 2013, and he played for him in high school, so they have a close connection and bond. Um, Kareem Hunt, according to Jordan Schultz, is definitely um, you know one of those guys uh, that could potentially be uh, the next signing for the Broncos. And Mike Kliss even said in his article uh, exactly seven days ago, or I believe it was eight days ago, said that don't be, do not be surprised if the Broncos sign a kick, or excuse me a running back uh, in the coming weeks before uh, the Broncos put together the final 53 man roster. So, what do you think about Kareem Hunt potentially signing with the Broncos in uh, in that contract situation? Man, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this one. I mean, listen, the the player is is fantastic. I mean, I, I would love Kareem Hunt in our backfield, especially with the things Peyton can do with our running backs and what his history of running backs. And it's, I know people have, you know, questioned his character, and rightfully so. People can say whatever they want. I think with players like this, right, based on a character standpoint, the things that have happened in the past, if there's a coach 
to not set them straight, but to get them back on the right track and to, you know, get in, get into a, a groove and a rhythm and stuff like that. I think it's Sean Payton, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Frank Clark has had his stuff too. And I think there's a reason why he signed with the Broncos and Sean Payton. Maybe there's a little bit, you know, there's a, I want to say that uh, he's more comfortable with a, a head coach like that. And I think Sean Payne, you know, he's he's honest and a straightforward type of guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a player's coach. And, you know, we, we've seen the players in New Orleans, you know, really show, you know, love for him and stuff like that. And, again, I think someone like Kareem Hunt, and, again, people can question his character all, all you want. I think someone like Sean Payton can really get him on the, the right step to, you know, move forward and all that. Like, if we still had, like, Nathaniel Hackett, maybe I would be questioning a little bit because, you know, he the immaturity may still come out and stuff like that. But with Sean Payton, you know, a veteran coach like that, a coach that's respected and stuff, I, th- I, I think it can be a good move. Yeah, and I believe it was, like, a few years ago, one or two years ago, uh, Kareem Hunt, he sat out of, uh, of Brown's um, training camp or whatever it was because of a contract situation. And unfortunately for him, this upcoming, this uh, previous season, uh, he dipped in significantly in his production and average at 3.8 yards per carry. In previous years, he's had like nothing below 4.4, I believe. So um, he's definitely uh, one of those players where it, it's kind of unfortunate for him because now his contract is going to be a lot cheaper than he, he would have uh, got a few years ago what he was looking for. So, uh, but the big thing is like he has not been at, mad at all at the fact that he's you know taken a backseat to Nick Chubb. And and he really, uh, he really thrived in that role for the Browns, um, and he's one of those guys that I, I guarantee you would not be mad at all taking a backseat to Javante and helping out, helping him out as well. Because Javante is not going to be those that guy to get you 25 carries in weeks one and two. Like it's going to take a while before he's able to get that big of a workload. So to get a guy that you know has been able to take that type of workload and in, um, in other years, and obviously starting off the Chiefs was able to be that uh, workhorse running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he's definitely one of those, uh, depending on the contract, and I assume it'll be very cheap, would be a, certainly a good addition to a Denver's running back room that already features Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, having a three-headed monster between Javante, Kareem Hunt, and P. Ryan, I mean, sounds awesome. I mean, <laughs> I, I signed me up for that. I mean, again, it's just a lot of people have questioned, you know, the stuff off the field and stuff, and I just think Sean Payton would, would get that situated and stuff. He'll get that respect from him. And again, the player... Sign me up. I'll take them. And at this point, when players aren't signed, that means their their market wasn't. You know, they didn't think what their market was. I should say, exactly. uh, especially when you see players taking visits now and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think Cream Hunt wouldn't be that expensive, and uh, he would look great in our backfield. Yeah, I was completely wrong about Cream Hunt. We did an episode going over all the available free agent running backs and who the Broncos should, should sign before we signed Samaje Piran. And he was one of those guys I thought would get a, a decent contract and would be one of the first off the board. So um, definitely was wrong about him. And uh, his contract didn't shape up to what he imagined. Um, so this late in the offseason, really interested to see who can get him. I know the commanders are kind of like the leading favorite right now, according to sources um, you know, inside that organization. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that's... Uh, well, how that shapes up, but the Broncos, I definitely think you can see them as sign at least one more running back, whether it's Kareem Hunt, um, Dalvin Cook doesn't look very likely at this point, but they could potentially go pick up another guy, especially after uh, releasing Jaquez Patrick. But yeah, Kareem Hunt definitely would not be mad by it. And just imagine the amount of uh, broken tackles in that room. Like, 
being Kareem Hunt obviously dipping in at 3.8 yards per carry, you're not going to ask him to do too much. So that's not a huge worry, in my opinion. And you you sign you signed Samaje Piran for a reason. And while I don't believe Kareem Hunt will sign with the Broncos, I just got to imagine, like you mentioned, a three-headed monster, the amount of broken tackles in that room, and the amount of just physical run game that you would see. You, you really, all three of those guys, you really can't argue against giving them the rock at any point in, any point in the game. And he can catch the ball out of the, uh, out of the backfield, which is mm-hmm. impressive too. So, I mean, Champagne uh, can have his hands full with his, with a running back like that. Yeah, certainly a lot of talent to use. Um, so, yeah, that is going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube and enjoyed today's episode, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Um, let's go ahead and push for a thousand subscribers. Um, let's go ahead and you know we're going to keep getting these episodes out for you guys. We'll eventually have uh, episodes coming out with Broncos players and more special guests. Those will be extremely fun to do. Um, make sure you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Turn on notifications. Uh, make sure you guys follow. And make sure you guys leave a five-star rating as well. All that stuff helps us out greatly. All the support is greatly appreciated, like I mentioned. With that being said, I'm your host, Amir, with my great co-host, Jordan uh, Lopez. Until the next episode, peace.